The products discussed in this podcast are only available in the United States. Hello, everyone. This is Kevin McCullough from the Portfolio Analysis and Consulting Team at Natixis Investment Manager Solutions. I'm joined by my colleague, Mark Santolo. And today we're going to discuss designing fixed income portfolios for clients with different risk tolerances. Question is particularly interesting to consider now, uh, obviously given that yields are, are higher than they've been in years and forward returns for fixed income uh, are now much closer to being competitive with equities than they have been for, uh, for several years. Yeah, one of the key questions to answer up front is what role fixed income is meant to play in the portfolio. Um, investors can have wildly different answers there. Three popular answers that we tend to hear are liquidity, diversification, and income. Someone who answers liquidity is likely focused on safety and flexibility. That investor would likely have a higher level of loss aversion and should avoid strategies with lockups or taking on too much risk in general. But someone who answers diversification is probably trying to smooth out volatility from another portion of their portfolio. So equity risk offset becomes the focus. That might mean holding more duration. They may also be interested in diversification within the fixed income portfolio. So a variety of strategies and investment styles might be appropriate. And then someone who answers income might be more willing to stretch for higher absolute return. So each of these objectives suggest a different mix in terms of what types of fixed income to include. Now, one question I frequently get asked when reviewing fixed income sleeves within risk-based model portfolios is whether that fixed income sleeve should look uh, similar or potentially different as that model scales up and down uh, in terms of you know what that overall risk level is, the level of, uh, of equity allocation relative to fixed income. We do see some models that have the same fixed income composition across conservative, moderate, and aggressive risk levels with just different sizing. For example, someone might have a 40% target to fixed income in their moderate 60-40-like allocation, um, and then a 100% target to fixed income in their conservative portfolio, but the underlying allocation is exactly the same. If you've got a really homogenous client base in terms of age, goals, and objectives with just different risk tolerances, maybe this is okay, but in all likelihood, this is not the best implementation. Yeah, absolutely. In most cases, it's it's unlikely you've got fixed income playing the same role in those portfolios across the different risk levels. Uh, for example, a younger investor with longer time horizon, maybe higher risk tolerance, is probably going to be using equities to do most of the heavy lifting on the capital appreciation side, whereas fixed income is really likely to be used there as an equity risk offset. Um, which suggests a more conservative fixed income allocation. An investor at the other end of that spectrum, you know, who's maybe closer to retirement, potentially closer to a time where they actually need to draw income off the portfolio, is likely going to have a little bit more credit in that fixed income sleeve, uh, but that credit is replacing equity risk in terms of that capital appreciation role in the portfolio. Um, all else equal, you probably also have shorter duration there because uh, interest rate risk is still a risk. And, you know, if you're closer to a time where you need to take that money, um, you, you know, that portfolio probably can include less of that risk to uh, basically meet that investor's target. Uh, so, you know, it really depends on, I think, what you're trying to get from your fixed income in terms of what role is it playing in the context of that portfolio and, you know, trying to meet any any specific investor's needs. It might be more accurate to have a goals-based asset allocation approach instead of a risk-based asset allocation Perhaps realistically, you don't have similar investors being given five risk choices, but really there are investors with a few different types of goals and objectives that you can slot into models with different roles for the fixed income piece. 
that's that's maybe a, a better way to think about it because it's really about this interplay between risk tolerance and time horizon. You need to make sure whatever you're allocating to is something that your client is actually able to stay invested in for the long term. Uh, and that needs to be you know, true at the asset class level as well as the individual strategy level. We've seen plenty of examples in recent years where a fixed income strategy is initially down 10 or 15% only to come roaring back in a subsequent recovery period. But if you know that you or your client would cut your losses and sell a strategy down 10% in any drawdown, it might be useful to consider historical scenario analysis. Seeing a 10% loss in a historical scenario should be a red flag that the strategy might be too volatile to meet your specific objectives. You know, to state the obvious, if the drawdown loss is so high that you've had to have reduced or eliminated the position, you wouldn't have participated in the recovery and that round trip return wouldn't have even taken place. You need to stay invested over the entire time period to participate in any recoveries that take place. So if that's true, you're better off with a strategy that perhaps has a smaller drawdown, maybe even a smaller recovery and a smaller round trip return, only because at least that strategy wouldn't have triggered you to sell. That nuance can get lost sometimes in a high level assessment of just backward looking annualized returns. And certainly given the volatility within the fixed income space for the last few years, I think you've seen a really good indication of what some of those you know, more extreme downside risks look like for different fixed income strategies. Uh, that said, keep in mind, it's really been interest rate risk that's been getting punished in this period. As an aside, it always stuns me to look at five-year max drawdowns for the ag and see that the ag had a bigger max drawdown than the high yield index. Uh, but again, it's really just a reflection that interest rate has really been driving the risk and it hasn't been credit risk, at least through this period. You probably need to go a little bit further back to you know see a period where you really see the downside of credit risk manifesting in the marketplace. Yeah, you probably do have to look a little further back. The COVID drawdown in early 2020 was was quick, but that was a credit-related event. And then the GFC back in 2008, those are both good examples of what similar downside risks look like on the credit side. Yeah, exactly. One thing I think is clear going forward, you no longer live in the world of Tina. You know, There is no alternative where equities are the only viable vehicle to use for capital appreciation. Now you can actually get real yields in, in many areas of fixed income on a go-forward basis. That should allow you to at least replace some of the equity risk in your portfolio with fixed income, which could potentially reduce your overall risk profile without at this point compromising too much on you know, what that total expected long-term return looks like. That concludes our discussion on fixed income portfolio construction across different risk levels. For more of our research and investment insights, please visit our website, natixisimsolutions.com. And as always, feel free to reach out to us with any questions, comments, or for customized insights tailored to your specific portfolio. On behalf of the Portfolio Analysis and Consulting Team at Natixis Investment Manager Solutions, thank you for your continued partnership, and thanks for listening. Important information. As of November 3rd, 2023, this material is provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as investment advice. There can be no assurance that developments will transpire as forecasted. Actual results may vary. The views and opinions expressed may change based on market and other conditions. Investing involves risk, including the risk of loss. Investment risk exists with equity, fixed income, international and emerging markets. Additionally, alternative investments, including managed futures, can involve a higher degree of risk and may not be suitable for all investors. There is no assurance that any investment will meet its performance objectives or that losses will be avoided. This document may contain 
including references to copyrights, indexes and trademarks that may not be registered in all jurisdictions. Third-party registrations are the property of their respective owners and are not affiliated with Natixis Investment Managers or any of its related or affiliated companies. Collectively Natixis, such third-party owners do not sponsor, endorse or participate in the provision of any Natixis services, funds or other financial products. Natixis Advisors, LLC provides advisory services through its division Natixis Investment Manager Solutions. Advisory services are generally provided with the assistance of model portfolio providers, some of which are affiliates of Natixis Investment Managers. LLC Natixis Advisors, LLC does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult with a tax or legal professional prior to making any investment decision NatixisIamSolutions.com. Member SIPC, POD 23, November, 2023, Ad Tracks, 6062851, 1, 1, Expiration Date, November 30, 2024.